Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, I trust that you've had a good week. Uh, as usual, things uh, are much, much different. Uh, this morning, in fact, uh, I get to actually sit with my wife and uh, watch the service this morning. So it's a little uh, odd trying to uh, be at church watching yourself on the screen. But, uh, you know, we're all having to adapt and make do with this situation. Uh, I like what my four-year-old granddaughter says. She said, uh, you get what you get, so don't throw a fit. And uh, I think that's kind of where we are. So I trust you've had a, uh, a good week this week. Um, uh, I know the nice weather has helped. Uh, just let me remind you that uh, some of us are, uh, when the weather gets nice like this, we get a little antsy. So uh, we jump on a motorcycle and do a little more riding. And we've got farmers, of course, in the field. So uh, just be a little careful when you're out there driving, uh, a little more alert to everything that's going on. Um, if you're not on our email list, let me encourage you to please get on that list. Uh, that's our primary way of communicating uh, while we're not meeting here together in this building. So if you uh, uh, are not on that list, uh, send me an email or go to our uh, Facebook page and, and, and sign up for that. Uh, let me encourage you, uh, to, and we're going to talk about this a little bit this morning, but uh, let me encourage you to count your blessings. Um, you know, it's easy sometimes in a deal like this to lose sight of how much we have and how much that we have to be grateful for. I mean, the bottom line is every one of us we're given today. And uh, there are no guarantees for tomorrow, but we have this day, we have this moment. And so we want to make the best of it and do uh, what we can with the uh, talents, gifts, resources that God has given us. So uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to get started this morning. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day. Lord, you have provided salvation for us, and we thank you so much for the Easter story. Um, Lord, we come to you this morning as a heavenly father who genuinely cares about his children. And uh, Lord, there is uh, nothing that we can do to earn that which we have been given, but we are so grateful for it. Uh, Lord, this is a tough time for many. Um, Lord, with loved ones who are sick, who uh, can't be visited. Father, we have some who are uh, faced with very, very difficult financial decisions and hardship. Uh, Lord, there's a lot of, uh, of uncertainty. Lord, for those who are sick, I ask that you would um, heal and, and work and guide in their lives and the people who are caring for them. For our leaders, that you would guide them as they try to make uh, the best decisions possible. Lord, for uh, those who are struggling, that, uh, Lord, you would watch over and, and care and comfort their hearts. For those who are on the front lines, that, Lord, you would continue to strengthen them and use them. And, Lord, for all of us, that as we go through this, Lord, we would be drawn closer to you. That, Lord, we would learn to appreciate and value that which we've been given. And that, Lord, when it is all said and done, you'd be honored and glorified. And as we open your word this morning, would you speak to our hearts? Uh, use it in our lives to make us into the people that you have designed and desire for us to be. Uh, these things we ask in your name. Amen. We are in a study on the life of Moses. This is actually our ninth uh, message on Moses. You can listen to the podcast and catch up on the whole series. But uh, we have taken Moses. Uh, Moses is about a little over 80 years old right now. Uh, the, we talked about his life all the way from his birth up. He spent 40 years in Egypt. He spent 40 years in the desert. Uh, he has spent 
um, the last period of time going before Pharaoh, and we've gone through the ten plagues. Uh, last week we talked about the last plague, the Passover, the uh, tenth plague, and the fact that at that moment Pharaoh said, get out. I want the children of Israel gone. So when we pick up our story this morning in uh, Exodus 13 and 14, and then next week we'll look at Exodus 15, uh, when we pick up our story, what's happened is the children of Israel have marched out of Egypt boldly. Uh, they have uh, basically gone to their friends and their neighbors and taken anything they wanted to take. Uh, they just wanted them gone. So Israel starts to, has now left Egypt, and they are now heading to the Promised Land. And that's where we're going to pick up our story. So we find the story in uh, Exodus chapter 13, and here's what it says. It said, uh, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now, when you look at a map, here's the path that you would normally take. As you can see, if you were going to go up to the Promised Land, which is north of, of where Egypt is, you would normally just follow the sea around and head right on up. But God was concerned that the children of Israel, notice what the text says, the text says, Pharaoh said, or the Philistines, uh, didn't, God didn't lead them the shorter path because he was afraid they would face war with the Philistines. Even though they were ready to battle, God didn't think they were ready to handle it. So instead, God leads the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he sends them a much different route. Now, one of the things about this route that God sends them on is you have to understand, this route was going to be much, much harder. Uh, the route that would have been easier, it would have been shorter, it would have been quicker, but often God doesn't do that which we think he's going to do. And so one of the first principles that we see, and what we're going to be talking about here is, is Israel's going to confront the Red Sea, and we're going to be talking about Red Sea principles. But the first principle that we come up against is this idea that <clears throat> this doesn't take God by surprise. Now, it takes Israel by surprise, because Israel's thinking, you know what, uh, let's go the short route. I mean, the short route makes a whole lot more sense. Why would we go uh, on the difficult route? But you have to understand, God had a, a plan. Um, God had a purpose. And so often, it's easy for us, when we're, when we're looking at a situation, when we're looking at a circumstance, to assume that the life of ease, the life of, uh, is that's the best way. That's what God, that's the easiest thing. And the reality of it is, often, God gives us and God forces us to take a harder path. And that is true here. Um, you know, we're in a culture which we, we, like, we like a life of ease. We like a painless kind of world. And we've been conditioned that way. I mean, even in the American culture, um, you know, we have what, what very few uh, nations get to experience in this idea of retirement. And this idea that we can work for a certain amount of time and then get to a point that we don't have to worry about daily kind of things because we've saved up enough money to be able to live. And yet it is such a foreign concept to most of the world because we are used to um, the easier route. The, 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 and I'm not saying it was easy to get to retirement, but the issue is we get to that point where um, that's why so many struggle right now is because we've gotten to that point where we're so used to our comforts 
that when we're, those are taken away or when those are jeopardized or when those are challenged, all of a sudden it gets difficult for it. And you're going to find out with Israel. You're going to see that over and over again when we come to the life of Israel. But the first thing you've got to understand is the fact that the Red Sea doesn't take God by surprise. Um, God has a plan and God is at work. The second principle we see is this idea that God's in control. Um, here's what's interesting. Notice what the text says. It says, by the day, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So they could travel by day or night. So God says, look, you need to understand that not only do I have a plan, but I'm going to be with you. And so God leads them. So every day, and this is going to go on, by the way, for about 40 years. Um, ultimately, what's going to happen is this cloud is going to move over to the tabernacle. But <clears throat> at the beginning of their journey, it goes in front of them. So there's a pillar of cloud that leads them by the day. And then there's a pillar of fire that's going to lead them at night. So one of the things that you see with the idea of the children of Israel is this idea that every time they look up, every time they look around, God says, look, I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm right there for them. Uh, I, am going to, I want them to be able to always know that I am present with them. That's an important principle. Because all Israel had to do at any moment, at any time, was look up in front of them and they would have seen God. At, they would have seen the presence of God. They would have seen a reminder that God was actually there. God was actually working with them. And I think it's, it's important for us to understand because what happens is so many times this is what we forget, particularly in times of difficulty or crisis. We forget that God is there. Um, and it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a simple thing, but it's a very, very important thing. Um, Henry Blackaby in his book, Experiencing God, talks about this. And he talks about the idea that he says, look, often what happens is people forget that God is always at work around them. And there are two types of people. There are people who see God at work around them, and there are people who don't. In the, in the story of the children of Israel, you're going to see this over and over again. There are people who could see God at work, see God there in his presence, and there are people who couldn't. This is what's so important for us. It's very, very easy for us to not see God in everyday life. Uh, and, and, I, and I just want to challenge you with this because I think this is one of the things that really helps you in difficult time is to be able to see God at work. One of the questions that people are asking, where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? God is right in the middle of all this. God is everywhere at work around you right now. You have to figure out where he's working and what he's doing and then join him in what he's doing. Um, that's the, 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 the basic premise of, um, of uh, Henry Blackaby's book is that, you know, that's what you see with great Bible characters is they, they found the place that God was at work and they joined God in what he was doing. And so one of the things that you start to see is that God is, is right in the middle of it. Um, so <clears throat> we have a couple of principles. We have the idea that God's got a plan. We have an idea um, that, that God is at work. Um, God is at the middle of it. And then we have this principle that God's glory is always going to be the focus. In other words, it's not about making it easy for Israel. It's about God being honored and glorified and showing his power, not only to Israel, but, but to the nations who did not want to follow God. So what happens is, notice what the story says, because this is where we, we, we get lost. It says, <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back 
and encamped near uh, Pi-Hathorah, and Megal by the sea and by the sea. And they are to camp there by the sea directly opposite baal Zephon. Now, we're not sure exactly. There's a lot of debate over where all these places are. Um, but, you know, let me just give you a general idea. If you'll notice, you can go from Egypt to the promised land and skirt around the bottom of the sea and you will not encounter water. But God instead has a plan and says, I want you to go south and I want you to face, notice what's going to happen next, this is what they're going to see. All of a sudden now Israel is going to be faced with something like this or something like this. Where all of a sudden now what should have been an easy kind of straightforward trip, now all of a sudden is faced with this incredible obstacle. Because you see, God was at work. Um, what God wanted to do, and when you read the chapter, you'll get this idea. What God wanted to do is God wanted Pharaoh to think the children of Israel were lost and confused because God had a plan. God was at work. So what happens is God says, look, this is what I need you to do, Moses. I need you to take the people down and I need you to camp around that area for right now. And so the children of Israel then, following Moses, following the cloud, following the pillar of fire, head down this way. Typically in that day, you cover probably roughly 15 miles or so a day. So anyway, they get to this area, and now sitting in front of the children of Israel, again, there's a cloud, there's a, there's a pillar of fire, there's Moses, I assume Moses is in the front, and there's the children of Israel, and they look at this water in front of them and wonder, what in the world are we going to do next? Now, it's really important that you understand that scene. Because what happens next is, is basically going to lay a foundation for how God's going to deal with stuff. And notice uh, what the text says. It says, talking about Pharaoh, when, when Pharaoh heard that the children of Israel were there instead of north of there, he realized they were stuck. So notice what it said. He took 600 of his best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. Now the Lord had hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. And as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. So all of a sudden now, Israel starts to focus and starts to see the Egyptians behind them. So they have a Red Sea in front of them, they have the Egyptian behind them, and notice what it says. It says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. It's interesting. Because what happens here is that the children of Israel now are faced with the sea in front of them with a, pillar of cloud, with, a pillar, with a big pillar of clouds or a big pillar of fire. And they're focused not on that, but now they're focused on the Egyptians. So they're looking behind them and they see the Egyptians. And notice their response, because I think this teaches us a lot. They come to Moses and they say, this is your fault. Um, we would rather have died, we would rather have been in oppression and bondage than to be in freedom and die out here in the desert. All you have done is brought us out here to kill us. 
We would rather have stayed where we were. This is all your fault. Um, <clears throat> let me just talk to leaders just for a second, because some of you are in leadership positions where, particularly in a situation like, the, like what we're in a, as a country and a community, you're having to make some really tough decisions. And you're getting shot at from a lot of different directions. And I get that. Um, you need to understand that that, that comes with leadership. Um, you're in good company because leaders, good leaders throughout all of history have, have, have had to take the shots. And this is what happens to Moses. Moses has done a good thing. He's led these people out, and yet they're turning against him, and they're complaining against him, and they're blaming him. And, and I just want to encourage you as a leader to hang in there because, um, look, you have to make decisions. No, not everyone's going to be popular. Um, you know, even, even for us as a church, I mean, you know, as, as we have tried to do the best we can through all of this, we have people who, who, who think we ought to handle it one way and people who think we ought to handle it another way. But you know what? They're not the ones that are called to shepherd uh, this group. They're not the ones that are called to lead this group. Uh, the board and I are. So we're the ones that are going to have to stand before God accountable for the decisions we make. So we make the best decisions that we can. And the same thing for you as a leader. Um, you just need to do the best that you can with the resources that you have and understand people are going to take shots. And in Moses' case, notice what happened. The children of Israel come to him and go, look, this is all your fault. If you would have just listened to us and left us alone, we wouldn't be out here. And what I would say is, and you also would have never seen the promised land. Because what's going to happen is Moses is going to actually get you to where God wants you to be. And yet <clears throat> they didn't understand that. So they're angry and they're upset and they're focused on this and they're saying, you should be doing it this way, you should be doing it this way. But notice what got them in trouble. What got them in trouble was instead of focusing on the cloud or the fire that was leading them, they were focused on the enemy. They turned around and started focusing on the enemy that was behind them, rather the God that was in front of them. And what I think is really interesting, is they come to Moses. And they make this accusation against Moses. Now, again, the Bible doesn't say this, so I'm just assuming it. But I would imagine that if Moses is the one leading the children out, Moses is in the front. And what's directly, behind Mo what's directly in front of Moses is God, God's presence. So what these people, in essence, are doing is walking up to Moses with a pillar of cloud behind him or a pillar of fire off to the side and saying, why are you doing this to us? Ignoring God completely. Ignoring the presence of God right there in front of them that's leading them. Why? Because they became so focused on the enemy. Um, and you have to be careful here. Uh, you know, I, I, I've done this thing long enough. I have people that, you know, people think you ought to preach on this and this and this and that and this and that. And what, one of the things that I've heard over the years is, you know, you, you don't preach a lot on, on spiritual warfare, on satanic stuff, on, on, on Satan's power and things like that. Um, and, and let me tell you why. Because I think focus is everything. Uh, we're going to talk about this when we, when we start to apply it. <clears throat> when I look at the New Testament, um, let, let me just throw a couple of things out at you to give you an idea. Um, when Paul writes in the New Testament, 219 times he talks about Jesus. 272 times he talks about the Lord. Uh, 389 times he talks about Christ. He mentions Satan ten times and the devil six times. So when you look at the context, what Paul does is he focuses on that which is good, that which is right, Jesus Christ, not on the enemy. Are you aware of the enemy? Yes. 
Do you um, uh, understand the wiles of the enemy? Yes. Do you, you spend all of your focus there? No. Because that will get you in trouble. It's just like what's going on right now. Tell me where your focus is. I'll, t- I'll, 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 I'll tell you what's going on in your thinking. Uh, because where you focus becomes very, very important to it. So what we find right now is Israel is, is, is at a crossroads, so to speak. Um, they have left Egypt. Um, God has led them all the way. God's presence is in front of them. God's concerned about his glory, not necessarily their comfort. And God's got a plan. And as they're standing there at the, at, at, at the, at the, at the river, um, trying to cross, as they're standing there at the Red Sea, trying to decide what to do, looking at an enemy behind them, they're angry at Moses. And we're going to actually end our story there today. Uh, we're going to grab some principles from, from all of it so far. But, and then next week, we're going to talk about how Moses handles this, this scenario. And if you want to read through, go through the end of chapter 14 and chapter 15, and you'll, you'll see where we're headed next week. Um, but it'll just give you some ideas as far as... Uh, some principles. So let's talk about some principles <clears throat> for us. Let's talk about where we are right now. Um, we've got a lot of people. The reality is we've got a lot of people that um, are struggling. Um, they're struggling financially. They're struggling uh, with difficulty. They're struggling with um, hardship, family issues, health issues. Um, and it's tough. Um, <clears throat> here's what I would say to you. First of all, you have to remember this. Here's some Red Sea principles for you. Number one, God is still on the throne. Um, I know at times that um, you may wonder where he is in this. Um, I know that at times you may feel overwhelmed by all of it. Maybe not just necessarily this, but other things that are going on in your life. Um, you're going to have a choice like Israel over and over again, as we're going to see in their journey, to focus on the circumstances or to focus on God. They can focus on the enemy behind them. And the obstacles in front of them, or they can focus on God, who's there with a, as a pillar of cloud or, or a pillar of fire constantly. Um, and I, I think you have to remember that God's still on the throne. I mean, it hasn't taken God by surprise. God can use all of this um, for his honor and glory, and he will if we'll, if we'll be responsive. And whatever you're going through right now, I want you to remember God, God, God didn't get up today and go, oh, you know what, I didn't see that coming. God knows what you're going through. And as a heavenly father, um, he cares. He cares. Um, Second idea is this. Um, God can use anything for his glory. Um, You know, we can talk about all of the things that are happening right now and and how hard it is and and everything else. And I I don't want to minimize any of that. Um, I can talk about how hard it is for, you know, when we get back together, um, we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a little family meeting and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you some stories of, of, you know, what really went on in order to be able to pull this thing off. And uh, the truth of the matter is it hasn't been comfortable at all. And the truth of the matter is it has pushed every limit that, that I can think of. And my poor family has had to suffer through some of that. But the reality of it is I have to sit back and go, you know what, I'm watching God use it. Um, I'm watching God use the um, opportunity for us to be um, online, uh, both video and audio. I, and, and so I have to sit back and say, you know what, as difficult as it is, 
God's being honored and glorified. God's using this for his glory. So you know what? This is the road we need to go down. Um, because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God being using us. And, uh, you know, I often challenge you with, the, with this idea. Look, you're trusting God for your eternal destiny. Trust God that he knows what he's doing in your life while you're here on this earth, as well as in the life to come. And, and it's so important because I think we lose sight of this sometimes. That, you know what, God can use me in and through this. And there are people that you can touch, that you can help, that you can be a, a blessing to through all of it. The last thing is this, and I think this is, um, this is what we learned in our, in our Be Anxious for Nothing series um, a couple months ago. And that's this idea, um, your focus is everything. Um, Israel gets in trouble because they focus on what's behind them and the obstacle in front of them. And they ignore the God that's right there. And I have people say, you know, they look at this story and they go, well, you know what? It would be easy, Pastor, for me. If I got up every day and there was a pillar of fire to remind me that God was in my life, or there's a cloud in front of me every day to remind me God's in my life, then that, it would be easy for me to follow God and see God. The, the reality of that's not true. Because the reality of it is God's at work constantly in your life all day long. And yet, like the children of Israel, we often fail to see him. Um, you just think of what has happened already in your life this day. Um, the fact that your, human, your body has worked like it has worked is God at work. Um, uh, you know, I, I've dealt with robotics in, uh, in Iowa and done some judging and things like that. And I, I'm fascinated with that world. And in the world of robotics, one of the things that is so difficult is trying to uh, program uh, the human hand uh, in order to be able to know whether or not it's touching uh, something like a baby's hand or a five-pound sledgehammer. Because there, and, and so for, for the, the programming, is, it's taken them years to try to get even to that point to be able that, that robotically we can, we can do things that have those kinds of sensors. And that's just one thing. I mean, what it takes for you to be able to see. The fact that you're sitting in your living room today or sitting somewhere today watching this, the amount of things that have to happen for your ears and your eyes and your brain to process the words that I'm saying, that's the hand of God. And I think sometimes we forget that, that every day we get to breathe, every day that we get to live another day is, is God with us. Um, and it's easy to lose sight of that. Um, you know, we're springtime in Iowa, which we love, you know, and the, the flowers and, the, you know, our yard this past year has kind of been overtaken by bunny rabbits. And, you know, it's funny because every time I see them in my yard and I'm seeing a lot of them, it's driving my dog nuts, but I'm seeing a lot of them because uh, the, my dog's old enough now that she can't get them. So they're faster than her. But as I'm seeing these rabbits, I thought, you know what? I don't feed them. I don't, I don't give them water. I don't do anything for them, but God takes care of them. You see the same thing with the birds. You see the same things with, with, with so many things that God's at work. And, and, and I just want to challenge you because I think sometimes we forget that. Um, one of the, we've got a lot of young couples in our, our church, and uh, we've had a lot of babies in the last year. And uh, uh, this week I, I watched uh, one, of the, one of the young couples. They were posting a picture of their daughter who's, 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 who's standing now on her own. 
And she was standing there and she said, and, and the, the mom said, you know, I, I haven't been able to get a video of her walking, but she's, she's almost there. And then uh, later she was able to post a, a video of, of, of her daughter who uh, was, was all wobbly and everything else, but finally got in a couple of steps. And as I watched that, I thought, how incredible to watch a child take their first steps. How incredible to watch as that, as that baby has, has gone to that point already. And I'm getting to watch it with my own grandkid. And, and, and what I'm trying to get at is it depends on what you're going to focus on. And, when, and like we learned in our Anxious for Nothing series, focusing on that which is good, true, honest, just report. Like Paul said, that's where you've got to keep your focus. And when you focus on the enemy, and when you focus on the obstacle, you can, you can pretty much guarantee that despair, frustration, anger, all of those things are going to come along with it. And so I would challenge you this week to maybe take a step back and say, you know what, I'm going to spend my time this week focusing on that which is good. And every day that you get up, maybe write down one thing or two things. Or maybe start with one thing, one thing on Monday and two things on Tuesday and three things on Wednesday. And so that at the end of the week, you have this list of things that you're grateful for. Things that you can look at. You're saying, is that going to make all my problems go away? No, it's not going to make all your problems going to go away. The bottom line is, if Israel would have focused on the cloud or the fire, the Red Sea was still in front of them, the enemy was still behind them. But they would have seen a God who was taking care of them to this point with a confidence that that God would take care of them in the future. And that's what I want to challenge you with as we, as we leave today. It's just this idea of step back and ask yourself, where are you focusing? Where, where are you putting your, your direction right now? So as we come to the end of our time, and that next week we're going to see how Moses helps uh, the children of Israel go forward um, and get some past all of this. We're going to see how God works. But right now, what I want us to do is to step back and ask ourselves, where is our focus? Do we still see God on the throne? Do we understand that God's still at work with a plan? So I end this morning with this. God is actually in control. It's important for us to remember that he does have a plan. And he can use anything, even this situation, for his honor and his glory. Our focus is crucial to the future in the days ahead. We can focus on the circumstances or we can focus on the God who is really in charge. We trust God for our eternal destiny. Let's trust him for our future here on this earth as well. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. We've been given so much. Even though it's difficult, even though there are struggles, even though there are obstacles in front, behind, and all around us, Lord, you are right there with us. So, Lord, I ask that you would help us to focus on the things, Lord, that uh, really are essential during times like this. That we would see you and that we would see you clearly. That, Lord, you would use this in our lives to bring us closer to you. And through all of it, Lord, may people be able to see you in us. And, uh, When it is all said and done, Lord, may you receive all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise these things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, that uh, ends our time. Uh, I want to thank you for joining with us. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, Look forward one day, Lord willing, 
uh, if you're in the area to see in you. And um, Lord willing, uh, we will uh, do this again next week. Lord bless you. Have a great week.